Let's see here. It is fall break. It is raining. And there are all sorts of reasons why people may not be here today, but I'm glad that you are here. Welcome. We're, we're glad that you're here this morning. We welcome our guests, especially today. Uh, you're very important to us. We're glad that you are here and hope that God will bless in a very special way. Let me remind everyone of our attendance sheets on each row. We'd like to ask if you would to take those and fill them out uh, so we can have a record of your attendance with us today. And we would certainly appreciate that. Uh, just a few things. Um, first of all, we ha- had a busy weekend. Uh, in case you haven't uh, noticed and weren't up and out and about this weekend, uh, it was the weekend of the Highway 60 yard sale. And there were yard sales all up and down Highway 60 and the, and the roads going, leading off of that. And we were no different. We had our yard sale here at Community Baptist Church on uh, Friday and Saturday and sold lots of stuff. We had a barbecue and uh, sold lots of food as well. And, um, uh, and, and it was a great success. I don't know exactly what the finances are and, and what the numbers are. We haven't counted that yet. Uh, but uh, it was a great success. So let me say thank you to everybody that had a part of that. There were a lot of people involved with that and worked very, very hard uh, to pull this off. So I want to say thank you to everybody who worked uh, to make that happen. Now, um, here's the, the caveat to that. We have lots of chicken left over. Um, we, were, we were selling chickens, and we have a lot of chickens in our refrigerator. And uh, we are put, putting them on sale today, half price off. So if you want a whole chicken, it'll be $4. If you want a half chicken, it'll be $2. And we have both of them back there. I think Christine will be back in the kitchen to to take care of that. And so please buy a bunch of them. (laughs) If you don't, I I promise you, you will see them again. So please buy a bunch of those. So thank you. Thank you so much. That'll be right after the worship service. You can go to the kitchen and and get your as much chicken as you desire. Yes, it will freeze. That's right. It will freeze. So, you know, put it in your freezer. It'll 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 keep until you want to use it later on. So buy dozens of them. Also, I want to thank our senior adult group uh, for breakfast this morning. This is something we do uh, once a month, and, and our senior adult group, uh, uh, they always come through in a, in a great way, and so thank you for providing a wonderful meal this morning. Also, on Wednesday, this coming Wednesday, we'll be having our blood drive, uh, and uh, if you haven't signed up uh, to volunteer or if you haven't signed up for an appointment, please see Jika. And if you have forgotten what time your appointment is, see Jika, and she can let you know. Or volunteer time. That's right. Just see Jika, and she will let you know. And just a heads up, uh, in a few weeks we will be having our our Harvest Festival. Uh, We always do that. We have a sign-up sheet. Okay, Lana says she has a sign-up sheet for for volunteers and and for for helpers. We could use some uh, financial help with that as well. So anything that you can do to help, that will be October the 31st. So we have a a few weeks left uh, before we get to that, but it's uh, not too early to be thinking in that direction. So uh, we are always busy here doing some great things uh, uh, at Community Baptist Church. So welcome to everyone. Let me invite everybody now to stand and greet each other as we share the love of God with one another. Mm-hmm. 
Speak, Lord, for your children are listening, for a word of encouragement, for a word of instruction about how we ought to live in these troubled times. Speak, Lord, for your children are listening. As we drift off to sleep in our down-covered beds in marble palaces or in sawdust uh, padded pallets on dusty floors, We are listening, rich and poor. We are listening, young and old, for a word from you that will heal our times. Eternal God, lover of our souls, we come to you this morning hungering for something from you that will change the rest of our lives. We come hungering for honesty instead of corruption, for generosity instead of intrigue. We come hungering for our neighbors to be fed and for all to have enough honest work to provide for the basic needs of their families. We come this morning hungering for righteousness to flow like the rainwater that we hear above our heads now. We come come praying for justice to come like an ever-flowing stream. We come hungering and 
We come listening for your words to us, describing how we can participate with you in your great work of recreating this world as you would have it to be. We come listening for ways that we can become a part of the solution and not a part of the problem. We come listening in fear and trembling, praying that we will have the courage that we need to respond and to act when we hear a clear word of instruction from you. And so speak, Lord. Your children are listening. Amen.
right to invite the children down now. Miss Sue. Good morning. Gary, it's me and you again. Do you remember the last time we were up here? Yes. I think they're scared of us out there this time. What do you think? Don't be scared. Oh, no, wait a minute. I want them to be scared. <laughs> last time we got up here and we asked for volunteers for Children's Moment, remember? Yes. And you said you were willing to do anything. That's right. So we're back. They should be scared of us. But today we're going to talk about something different, aren't we? Yeah. We're going to talk about promises. Do you all know what a promise is? Who can tell me what a promise is? When you promise to do something, you're going to do it, right? Right. Right. Do you ever break promises? Sometimes we get too busy doing other things and we forget or think, oh, that's not that important. But today, Brother Tim is going to talk about keeping those promises, okay, and how important it is because God would want us to do that. And sometimes things get in our way. I promised to pick Gary up this morning, and things almost happened that I couldn't because Mark sent me his phone number and forwarded it to me, and it wouldn't work in my phone. So I about panicked. I thought, there's Gary waiting on me. And I could have said, oh, well, I can't get a hold of him. But what would have happened? You would stay home. You would have had to stay home and miss church and miss breakfast, all that good food. So it's very important that we keep our promises, right, to each other, to our family, to our friends, um, because as we grow older, Especially if we keep our promises, people think that we're a good person, that what we say is true, and that we'll follow through with it, right? Okay. I learned this morning, and I think the whole church should give a big round of applause to two people in our church who made a commitment, a promise to each other 70 years ago. Mr. and Ms. Hall just celebrated their 70th wedding anniversary on October the 2nd. And what a promise that was to keep. Not many people can say that. So let's use them as an example. When we say we're going to do something, that for 70 years, if they can do it, we can keep our word even longer, okay? If y'all will bow with me, please. Our dear Lord and most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this, this church and our, fa- our church family. Thank you for the many blessings that you have given us, for the promises that you have given us. And please, let us follow in your footsteps and show that we, too, can keep those promises that we make. These things we ask in your name. Amen.
Will you pray with me? Our most gracious Heavenly Father, we come to You humbly as we should. We thank You for the rain. We thank You for the sun. We thank You for all the seasons because for each there is a reason. We are so thankful for Your promises to us, the promises that You never fail to keep. May we keep the promises we make to You. We ask Your blessing on these tithes and offerings and all who give them and all who receive them. May they feel the the gracious gift of giving, gift of giving and the gift that they do receive. We ask this in your heavenly name. Amen. morning. Our scripture reading today is from the book of Matthew, chapter 21, um, verses 23 through 32. When he entered the temple, the chief priest and the elders of the people came to him as he was teaching and said, By what authority are you doing these things, and who gave you this authority? Jesus said to them, I will also ask you one question. If you tell me the answer, then I will also tell you by what authority I do these things. Did the baptism of John come from heaven, or was it of human origin? And they argued with one another. If we say, from heaven, he will say to us, why then did you not believe him? But if we say, of human origin, we are afraid of the crowd. For all regard John as a prophet. 
So they answered Jesus, We do not know. And he said to them, Neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. What do you think? A man had two sons. He went to the first and said, Son, go and work in the vineyard today. He answered, I will not. But later he changed his mind and went. The father went to the second and said the same. And he answered, I go, sir. But he did not. Which of the two did the will of his father? They said, The first. Jesus said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are going into the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to you in the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes believed him, and even after you saw it, you did not change your minds and believe him. This is the word of the Lord.
Thank you, Christine. What a beautiful song. Love that song. and What a great message. So thank you for sharing that. Father Andrew Greeley tells a story about two sisters who worked as babysitters in their community. Um, and a young couple had recently moved into their neighborhood, and so they hired the younger sister to sit with their children. Well, you can imagine the surprise when they came home to discover that their house was an absolute wreck, complete, completely messed up. Their kids were looked haggard and just worn out and, and dirty, and, and the babysitter was kind of half asleep on the couch. And, however, the next day, the, the children told their parents that, about how much fun they had with the new babysitter and how she had helped, to the, helped them with their chores, their assignment, including saying their prayers. But this did not change the parents' decision to fire the babysitter. So the next time the couple needed a babysitter, they hired the older sister. And they were greatly impressed when they got home that night to discover that the house was, was tidy. The kids were already asleep. And she announced that the kids were absolute angels. And so the couple were so grateful for her service that they gave her an extra tip. But the next morning, the kids were complaining to their parents, accusing the babysitter of yelling at them and cursing and calling her boyfriend instead of helping them with their assignments and then forcing them to go to bed early and while she went outside and smoked and talked with some of her friends. Now, if you were these parents, which of these babysitters would you hire the next time? Well, Jesus was talking with the chief priests and the elders of the people. And he told them a parable about a man who had two sons. The man went to his first son and said, Son, I want you to go out and work in the vineyard today. And the older son said, was in a rebellious mood. And he answered, No way, not going. But then after a while, he felt bad about what he had said and what he did. And he went out and he did what he was expected to do. So the father went to the second son and made the same request. And the second son said, sure, Pop, I'll be glad to go, help in any way I can. But he never went into the vineyard. Which son, Jesus asked, did, did what the father wanted? And the chief priest and the elders gave the only answer that they could. It was the first son who did what the father wanted. And then Jesus looked at the chief priest and the elders and said to them, Truly I tell you, the tax collectors and the prostitutes are entering the kingdom of God ahead of you. For John came to show you the way of righteousness, and you did not believe him. But the tax collectors and the prostitutes did. And even after you saw this, you did not repent and believe him. Interesting parable, isn't it? And you know what? You know it's true. We, we always kind of enjoy it when Jesus sticks it to the chief priests and the elders, don't we? You know, we kind of, it's, there's a word for that. It's called schadenfreude, when we feel good about somebody else getting what they deserve, you know. And, and, and we kind of feel good when Jesus sticks it to the chief priests and the elders, unless, of course, we suspect that he might be talking to us. <laughs> And there seems to be three basic lessons here. And the first one is this. 
It is the importance of doing what we say we're going to do. How important is that? I heard about a young widow whose husband died and left her to raise their two children by, the, by herself. And, and she told her minister that during the wake, several family members and close friends told her that they would be there for her. But during the following years, some people were there for her when she, when she needed them, including some people who had never made that promise. But there were others who were so eager during the wake to offer their help that they never even called or visited. Does that sound possible? That someone could make a promise like that and not keep it? You know, it's so easy for us to glibly say, oh yes, I'll pray for you. And then we don't pray. Or, I'll be by to check on you later. We never go. The road paved with good intentions, as they say. Sure, Pop, I'll go. Noel Stern observes that we live in an era of unkept promises. Nations sign important treaties and then break them at will. Many couples show little regard for their wedding vows. And in a society like this, it is ever so important that we who call ourselves the people of God, we should be known for keeping our promises. And then Pastor Stern uses the example of that brilliant Christian scholar and writer C.S. Lewis. Stern notes that Lewis took that truth that Christians should be known for keeping their promises very seriously. His biography tells us about the suffering that he endured because he kept a promise that he made to a buddy during World War I. His friend was worried about the care of his wife and his daughter if he should, should die, if he should, could, should be killed on the battlefield. And so Lewis assured him that if, if that happened, he would look after his family. And as fate would have it, the man was killed. And true to his word, Lewis took care of his friend's family. And yet, no matter how much he helped and how helpful he tried to be, how much he did, this woman was ungrateful. She was rude. She was arrogant. She was domineering. And yet, through it all, Lewis kept his word. He refused to let her actions become an excuse for him to renege on his promise. Now, many of us would have probably reneged, wouldn't we? We would have said, forget it. If you don't want my help, if you don't, if you don't appreciate my help, just forget it. Most, most of us would probably do that. I mean, what's more frustrating than trying to help someone who only responds in, in gross ingratitude? Perhaps it's a child or a parent or a sibling or a friend. They don't know that, that the, or they don't seem to know that the time and the money that you devote to them is your sacrificial gift because you care for them. But C.S. Lewis kept his promise. He had no power to control this widow's response 
to his kindness, but he did have the power to choose to keep his word. And it is important that we do what we say. In fact, one could say that the key to a successful life is to keep our promises. That's true in our important relationships like a marriage or parenthood. It's true in our friendships. It's true in every aspect of our lives. A while back, the the Center for Creative Leadership released a study of 21 highly potential executives who were terminated or forced to retire early from their companies. And the one universal character flaw which always led to their downfall was not doing something that they promised to do. It's a matter of character. It's a matter of integrity. In one of the saddest commentaries on our time today is that we can think of so few people who are people of truly unquestioned integrity. Particularly people in the public eye. Now that that would have been unthinkable in days past. It would have been unheard of in the past. Let me tell you something about Abraham Lincoln. You may not have known this. Before Lincoln went into politics, he and another man bought a general store in New Salem, Illinois. And because of some bad investments and mismanagement, the store went under, went belly up. And and then not long after that, Lincoln's partner died, which left Lincoln with a, a, a mountain of debt. But unlike many others who went bankrupt in those frontier ventures and skipped town to escape their creditors, Lincoln promised that he was going to pay every single penny that he owed. And he did. Even though it took him more than 15 years to do it, he did. He paid back every single penny to his creditors. When Abraham Lincoln made a promise, his word was as good as gold. He was a promise keeper. And I think it's no wonder that he became possibly the greatest president in our history because he was a man of integrity. My friends, is it too much to expect our public officials to exhibit that kind of integrity today? What about leaders in business and education or any other place of responsibility, including our homes? Every once in a while we hear about some person who exhibits that kind of character. And, and when we hear those, those stories like that, those stories of people of, of the highest integrity, it's like a breath of fresh air. I, I heard a story a while back about Coach Cleveland Stroud of the Rockdale County, Georgia, blue-collar Bulldogs. Stroud had been their their basketball coach for over 18 years before his team made it to the state championships. And Stroud recalls that it was the greatest night of his of his life. It was the perfect night when they won the state championship. It was a night that you dream of, he said. He was carried around the gym on the shoulders of his players and his and and their proud parents. The local newspaper put him on the front page. Everything was wonderful. They had won the state championship. However, the excitement was short-lived. 
You see, two months later, after that championship, he was doing a routine grade check, and he discovered that one of his players was academically ineligible. He had just briefly bumped him up from the JV team, and the player had only played 45 seconds during one of the regional playoff games, but that was 45 seconds that he should not have played. Stroud says, I thought it was all ruined. He struggled with what to do next, but his, it was his commitment to integrity that led him to do the right things. He says, winning is the most important thing for any coach, but your principles have to be higher than your goals. And so he reported the mistake to the league, and the Bulldogs forfeited, forfeited their trophy. When the team gathered in the locker room, he explained to them, you've got to do what's honest. You've got to do what's right. You've got to do what the rules say. He said, people forget the scores of basketball games, but they will never forget what you're made of. I thank God for coaches like Cleveland Stroud. And I thank God for people of character, whoever they may be. This is one of the primary legacies that we can leave to those who come after us. And that is the reputation of always trying to do what's right. In his book titled, I Almost Missed the Sunset, songwriter Bill Gaither tells about the legacy that he received from his grandfather. Gaither says that that he and his wife, Gloria, um, had been married only a couple of years, and they were teaching school in Alexandria, Indiana, where Bill had grown up. And they wanted to buy a piece of land where they could build a house. And Bill noticed that there was a parcel, a parcel of land south of town where he always saw the, the cattle out there grazing, and he learned that it belonged to a, a 92-year-old retired banker named Mr. Ewell. Well, Mr. Ewell owned a lot of land in that area, and he gave the same speech to everyone who asked about buying it. He said, I promised the farmers that they could use it for the cattle. So Bill and Gloria decided to pay Mr. Ewell a visit at the bank. Even though he was retired, he'd spend a couple hours there each morning in his office. And so Bill introduced himself, and he told Mr. Ewell that they were interested in buying a piece of his property, and Mr. Ewell said, not selling. Promised it to the farmers for grazing. And Bill said, I, I know, but, but we teach school here, and we thought with, that maybe you'd be interested in selling it to somebody who's planning on settling down in the area. So Mr. Ewell stared up at Bill, and he asked, what did you say your name was? He said, Gaither, Bill Gaither. Hmm. Any relation to Grover Gaither, he asked? Yes, sir. That was my granddaddy. So Mr. Ewell put down his paper and he removed his glasses and said, Interesting. Grover Gaither was the best worker I ever had on my farm. Full day's work for a full day's pay. Honest as he can be. What'd you say you wanted? He told him again. He said, Let me think about it and then come back to see me. 
So Bill came back about a week later, and Mr. Ewell told him that he had the property assessed, and Bill was holding his breath. He said, how does $3,800 sound? Would that be okay? Yikes. That was per acre, Bill thought that he was going to have to come up with nearly $60,000. $3,800, he repeated. Yep, said Mr. Ewell. 15 acres, $3,800. Now, Bill knew that this property had to be worth at least three times that much, so he jumped on it, and he accepted. Nearly 30 years later, Bill and his son were strolling along that beautiful, lush property that had once been pasture land, and Bill said, Benji, You've had this wonderful place to grow up through nothing of your own, nothing that you've done, but because of the good name of a great-granddaddy that you never even met. And my friends, I want to tell you something. You and I won't leave a more important legacy to our children and to our grandchildren than this that we were a people who always tried to do the right thing. Will we always be successful? No. But we should always at least try to do the right thing. Jesus told a parable about two brothers. One told his father that he wouldn't go to work in the vineyard, but he repented and he did the work that the father asked him to do. His brother, on the other hand, said, sure, Pop, I'll go. But he never went. Which, asked Jesus, did the will of the Father. It's important that we do what we say. It's important that we be promise keepers. In fact, it's the most important legacy that we can leave in this world. Amen. You know, one of the reasons that we um, that it's important for us to keep our promises and do what we say and and be people of integrity and character. One of the reasons that's so important is because we are children of God. It is because God has promised us. He, God has made promises to us to be our father, to be our parent. And God has kept God's promises to us. And it's up to us to do the same as we live out our lives. In essence, we keep our promises to others because Christ promised that he would die and be resurrected, that we might be a part of God's family. We keep our promises because now he lives in our spirit, his spirit in us. So let's sing about Christ living in our lives today because he lives, number 267.
Now go from here as God's own family, children beloved by the Lord, and live in the likeness of God's Son, Jesus, always speaking the truth and doing the work to which you have been called. Go in the power of God's Spirit and love. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Daddy.